0: Good morning, it is January 15th, 2024, and I think we should always be thankful for priests who stand up and say hard things knowing when they do so there's a very good risk, a very real risk that they take, that their superior may get an angry call from Rome demanding that they retract or be silenced. We should be thankful when good bishops speak up and say things to teach faith, knowing full well there could be consequences for what they do. And in a way, we should be also very thankful when modernist bishops when Bergolians go after traditional Catholics and say really wicked things about us. Because in a way, it allows us to really get a clearer picture of the landscape that we operate in in this battle to restore the faith to restore, you know, authentic Catholicism to the church in our own little ways that we all try to do so, hopefully grounded in prayer and fasting and acts of penance and things and not just internet consumption of opinions and (laughs) news articles and such. I hope you are spending a fair amount of time in prayer when watching, after watching this kind of stuff too. So let's dive into our first story, which comes to us from Father Gerald Murray. He he went on EWTN, on a Raymond Arroyo's show, and he said some really, he had this, this awesome takedown of fiducia supplicants. And remember, it's a risky move for him to do this because so many bishops in America have either remained silent or played mental gymnastics, the sort of game of interpreting the document as if it didn't change anything. But if it didn't change anything, then there would be no reason to actually issue such a document. And besides, while they tell us nothing changed with Fiducia supplicants, we know actually that it did because Cardinal Fernandez told us that there was a real novelty in it with its three different kinds of blessings that the church apparently now has. Father Murray uh, said these things, and he uh, took to—well, LifeSite has a nice little summary here. So from LifeSite, we get this headline— uh, Father Murray condemns Fiducia's supplicants. Pope Francis has not upheld the Catholic faith. Catholic bishops and faithful of the world have to tell the Holy See, we do not believe that immorality is blessable, and therefore we reject this innovation, the New York priest said. This innovation of a blessing of what's immoral will not stand. You have to understand there. He accuses Francis of not upholding the faith. He reiterates what Cardinal Seurat said about the document containing heresy. There's no ambiguity in what Father Murray is saying here. And he said it on international television. EWTN is seen not only in the United States, the world over is not only seen in the United States. It's broadcast anywhere EWTN has a presence, which is not just in America. There is, could be very real consequences for him saying these things. <clears throat> the only shield he may have in all this, aside from if his bishop is willing to stand by him, is the fact that there is so much pushback on this document that his criticisms might get lost in the shuffle? But we shall see. I think there will be there will be a price paid by some of the bishops who are less protected than others when dealing with this document. So here's what uh, LifeSite how LifeSite summarized this quote. Father Gerald Murray strongly rebuked Pope Francis's document endorsing uh, James Martin blessings and encouraged Catholics to reject the, this innovation on Raymond Arroyo's The World Over on Thursday. The respected canon lawyer and New York pastor said that fiducia supplicants, authored by Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, prefect for the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, and approved by Pope Francis in December, contains, quote, heretical teachings and blasted the text, quote, horrible acceptance of, quote, blessings, or James Martin uh, pairings. Cardinal Fernandez has not upheld the Catholic faith with fiducia supplicants, Father Murray said, and the Pope has not upheld the Catholic faith with fiducia supplicants. What's inevitably going to happen here is that the Catholic bishops and faithful of the world have to tell the Holy See, we do not believe that immorality is blessable, and therefore we reject this innovation, he declared. This innovation of a blessing of what's immoral will not stand. And that's got to be quite clear, crystal clear to Pope Francis and the others. And that's an act of charity, by the way, the priest noted. If the Pope or any of his assistants make a mistake to keep your mouth shut and pretend their right is wrong, to tell them with charity, but with forthrightness, you've made a mistake here, Holy Father, that's the charity that St. Paul showed to St. Peter, end quote. Where that diabolical document is ambiguous, there is nothing ambiguous about Father Murray's statement, and that is so refreshing. I really do wish more of the bishops were that clear. I've brought you many statements from bishops who were, you know, they rejected the document, but they did so in an almost ambiguous way. I've seen countless statements from various different dioceses, including one really close to me, where they accept the statement. But they do, they then sort of, Earn a silver medal in mental gymnastics by trying to make it say things that the document doesn't say, as if the, nothing changed. I wish more of the bishops here were this clear. And we should really thank Father Murray for taking such a strong stand against it publicly on a, as huge a platform as EWTN. EWTN is still widely watched by a lot of people, even if you know, the you know the number of views publicly shown on their YouTube channel don't exactly necessarily reflect that at times, Father Murray took a public stand that has a lot of great risks or come that comes with a great risk. And for that, we should be thankful. Now in, in his uh, in his talk there, he moves on to talk about Cardinal Seurat's statement on the document, which I brought to you last week. That statement earned Cardinal Seurat the demand leveled to him by Austin Ivray that he resign from his post for betraying the Pope, meaning turn his red hat in, no longer be a cardinal. I wonder if he'll say the same thing if we ever get a better Pope in the next few years. Um, Now, for those of you who don't think Austin Ivaray's words are that big of a deal, he's the official papal biographer. He can actually get a hold of Francis pretty easily. He has a personal ear to him. He's written several books on Francis. He has written several of them. And these are going to be researched by talking to Francis directly. Ivaray is also someone who had access to incredible influence in the actual church itself, heavily involved in the synodal process in the UK and heavily involved in the synodal process in Europe in general, when he helped draft the continental report for the various dioceses of and national bishops conferences of the European Union. He was key to that. So he has a lot of influence. So when somebody like him says something like this, we should pay attention even if he has me blocked on Twitter, which is um, wonderful. (laughs) Um, He said all those things, and then here's Father Murray's response. He says, quote, in a particularly strong statement this week, the eminent Guinean cardinal said that the faithful should not even enter, quote, into discussion with fiducia supplicants and endorsed many bishops' conferences, quote, firm opposition to it, calling for further resistance to the text from, quote, national or regional Episcopal conferences and each bishop. Cardinal Seurat is expressing the common opinion of people who look at this document and compare it with what's been taught by every pope up till this moment and saying that this is not true, Father Murray remarked. There are heretical teachings contained in fiducia supplicants, echoing what Cardinal Seurat said. So, sad to say, the pope has approved something that he never should have because it teaches wrongly that the Catholic Church considers James Martin couples a worthy subject to receive a blessing as couples. That's horrible, the priest said. That's teaching basically that the mortal sin committed by those in question is not a big deal, and in fact, they deserve a blessing, he continued, criticizing the document for describing James Martin types as, quote, couples and falsely equating them with those engaged in the sacrament, or seeking the sacrament, end quote. Father Murray goes on to reject that the James Martin pairing is actually even a couple at all, that instead it's two or more people define God and nature together. He also calls out Austin Ivory for saying Cardinal Seurat must resign. It's a great article. I actually left a lot of it on for you here. So I'll have a link to it in my show notes at return to tradition.org, which is a really good backup place to follow me. Um, you can uh, have your uh, RSS feed, get you updates on it. All you got to do, if you ever looking at your, your browser and you see those, that the yellow the wavy, the yellow line sign, it looks a lot like a uh, wifi thing. You can click on it when you're on a website and you get updates from it as you go. It's great. It's a good backup way to make sure you get notifications for the work I do if you don't get those notifications very often. Um, now, I want to move on to something here, though, that is pretty funny. Because uh papa Francis gave us a wonderful, wonderful uh, bit of wisdom, we'll say we'll say, when he gave this interview on Italian TV. Maybe you saw some of this when it was going around social media yesterday. So Catholic Sat is a good uh, a good source that follows a lot of uh, Vatican news and things on Twitter. And he says, in an Italian television interview, he said, what I'm about to say is not a dogma of the faith, but something I hold personally. I like to think that, that hell is empty. I hope that's the reality. <laughs> All right, so... um. I, I'm very curious what what the reasoning is for hoping that it's empty. At least, I mean, he, at least he's acknowledging that what he's saying isn't dogma and not a formal teaching of the church, not even part of his personal magisterium, just something he hopes for. I just don't understand why you would hope for it. Now, the next step for him would be to acknowledge that it violates everything we know about eternal perdition. I prefer to listen to the saints, the doctors of the church, Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> Who sh- especially her, who showed the Fatima Sears poor souls falling into that place like snowflakes. It's a sobering thought. But why would you want it to be empty? I do hope that the vast majority of people will have a true authentic repentance before their final day or for their final moments. I earnestly hope for that. I know what won't happen, though. And the reason I know it won't happen is because we know there are people who in their last moments are cursing our Lord and his name in their final moments. We know that people, not everybody, goes to heaven. We know that. The faith has taught us that. If the faith gives something, if a core teaching of the faith like that is so ambiguous that there at leaves wiggle room to hope for universal salvation then what else has the church been wrong about on such a basic question but he said that and a lot of people are running with it because of course they are universalism is um, a condemned heresy of course but uh, it seems to be the in vogue aspect of modernism in our time so many people hold to it they don't even realize that they have that they have embraced a heresy But, uh, you know, if that Marian apparitions really aren't your thing, you can try this from the Catechism of the Council of Trent, which says, quote, The heaviest punishment with which the wicked shall be visited is their eternal banishment from the sight of God, unrelieved by any hope of ever recovering so great a good. In hell, the wicked shall be deprived forever of the vision of God. End quote. It's from the Catechism of the Council of Trent, okay? Probably the best catechism ever written. What they said there was clear enough. Going to that place is dogmatic for any who live a wicked life and who do not repent of it. And all too many people choose to do that. And it is a matter of God's justice. And I don't know why we would deprive the faith of acknowledgement of God's justice. I understand to a degree, this hyper-focus on mercy, but there has to come a point where we acknowledge God's justice because the mercy of God really only makes sense when it's, combined, when it's attached to God's justice, because the two are inseparable. I don't know why they do this, but I want to go to our final story of the morning. Our final story is, of course, something just really, to me, amusing. And it's this from Cathcon. Headline, German bishop celebrates the feast of the Epiphany by attacking traditionalists. We find ourselves divided socially and within the church, said Bishop Fage on Epiphany. Certain groups took advantage of this," said the bishop. Pope Francis has the antidote. Yeah, okay, and there's your bishop who said it. Um, at least he dresses like a bishop, which is saying something because he's a German bishop. But really, what is there a better way to celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany than by going after traditional Catholics? I don't know. But note that other countries, by the way, I'm not saying that you know it's not it's not surprising that he's German. It's a German bishop, but I'm it's not that other countries have a shortage of Bergoglian bishops who take swipes at faithful Catholics for pointing out the obvious, but the bishop can't help himself. So from the article, quote, according to Magdeburg Bishop Gerhard Fage, increasing diversity in society in the church needs something that unites them so that it does not turn into division. The basic principles for this are respect for human dignity respect and decency, the willingness to deal with one another in solidarity and mercy, as well as a general orientation towards a common good, he said on Saturday in Magdeburg Cathedral on the feast day of the three kings. There is no doubt that diversity is an asset. Different opinions and cultures can enrich and broaden our horizons. Without a certain unity, however, there is a risk of alienation and separation, said the bishop. People reacted very differently to the increasing differences, some with concern and fear, incomprehension and rejection or anger and hatred, others with interest and open-mindedness. We now experience ourselves as divided socially and within the church. This feeling of great uncertainty is only too readily used by certain political groups to invoke a supposed national unity against diversity. And traditionalists or evangelical Christians see decadent and blasphemous traits in this, phase. explained. In contrast, he took a recommendation for Pope Francis. <laughs> more mutual listening and dialogue. Of course, <laughs> it's necessary to bring the different opinions into discussion and always remain open to the fact that your own previous opinion could change or expand, end quote. not precisely sure what pre- he is saying we took advantage of. Maybe it was fiducia supplicants since it's the most timely. Maybe it was the James Martin baptisms thing that, ha- that was announced in October, if you remember that. Maybe it was the Pacamama debacle in 2019. Maybe we took advantage of the heresies of Amoris Letizia The recognize and resist movement, though, has been going on for decades. Okay, those who are familiar with Catholic Family News and the remnant will know that those outlets were publishing things in the '70s and the 1980s. It's been going on for a very, very long time. So I don't really know what exactly what he's saying. We took advantage of, but I do think you get kind of the picture that I'm trying to paint here for you. Something that that anyone making this leveling this against us should consider is. When there's enough of a track record of promoting heresy, the problem isn't usually among the people who point out the heresies, but maybe instead the fault for division is in the divider-in-chief himself, which is, in this case, pack papa Francis. Where do you think the source of division is? Is it really from traditionalists? <laughs> Peter, thou shalt not judge traditionalists. Oh, not necessarily. There are problem elements in every group online. I mean, there are people who tell you that the, uh, yeah, extraeclasium SSPX, for example. I'm very pro-SSPX, but, uh, there, you know, come on, <laughs> right? There are others who say extra ecclesium set of a contism. There are in the traditional sphere. There are others who say extra ecclesium FSSP, okay? Meaning no salvation outside those groups, and that's not exactly the, uh, you know, a, a, just a smart stand to take. How is it possible that the lost pope Cardinals and bishops, so and wherever ladies' prophetic apparitions continue to sleepwalk to fulfill them because I don't think they actually believe in the apparition. That's why I don't think any of them since Vatican II really believed in it, not fully, or their belief was tempered by this new understanding of human dignity and their mission of of mercy, 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 accompaniment, and dialogue. Cardinal Chiappi was um, a papal theologian basically in the 1990s. No friend of tradition, not a traditionalist at all. And when asked if he had read the third secret, he said yes. He couldn't tell what was in it, but he did say in the third secret is the prophecy that the apostasy will happen in the church and it will be led from the top. Okay. then that might be why none of them took it all that seriously. It's why John the 23rd most most likely why John the twenty third said this is not something a message for our time, because you could not possibly see how the mission mission of renewal would lead to apostasy, since they were true believers in what they were doing. All of them were for the last sixty years. Linda says mercy is, is unnecessary without justice. Perdition is for nobody. There's no reason for heaven to exist, and that is precisely correct. All right. The just man lives by faith excellently not. Yeah, there's that too. Um, the thing is, the church is universal. No one said, no Catholic, no matter how much of a rigid, hardline trad they are, says that the faith should be kept from anybody. Anybody. In fact, the more hardline you are, the more likely you are to say that the, the most evil thing a person could do would be to keep the gospel from somebody based on some immutable characteristic or something. That's the most evil thing I can think of to keep the gospel from somebody because it means that you think so little of them that in some way you think that them spending hereafter forever away from our Lord is a good thing. Like, Oh, that's the most evil thing I can think of. Evelyn says mercy is only available for those who accept it and justice is meted out by our Lord precisely. And you know, we, the church talks about corporal works of mercy and things, which we should differentiate here. But when we're talking about like these things, because again, I don't think anybody disagrees with the idea that the church should give alms to the poor, or that the church should do the all the great works of material corporal mercy that she has done over the centuries. No one, I don't think, disagrees with that. Even if in these days a lot of that is being used for secular purposes. Thank you for the prayers be as it is greatly appreciated. Oh, let's see. The world covering its tracks and started all season snow tires. Now. <laughs> yeah. G- good analogy for our Tam, I think. Yeah, because um we are a uh, may have noticed the wonderful weather most of us in North America are getting right now. Evelyn reminds us that no one understood human dignity better than our Lord. I mean, absolutely true. I mean, God the you know the second person of the tr- of the trinity would of course n- understand human dignity better than anybody else um Yes, uh, Dermot likes my belief that the Trent Catechism of St. Pius V is indeed the best ever written. Favor in particular of Leo XIII, this catechism helps me to keep my faith, especially with so many wolves. And the Catechism of of Trent has been re-presented by various popes, the latest being, I think, Pope St. Pius X in his Catechism of St. Pius X, which is just Catechism of Trent with updated language, but it's the same thing, basically. And it's presented, like, one of the things I don't like about the new catechism, especially where it does sort of deviate from pre-conciliar teaching on things, is its format. The thing is huge. <laughs> the the pr- traditional catechism is presented in a way that you see in credo. a question and answer, where the answer then leads to the next question, which leads to the next answer, and you get from the beginning of the faith all the way through any sort of topic that is relevant, vastly superior to the catechism of of the modern catechism. All right, folks. I won't do any final questions here in the chat. Trying to keep it short. We had another sleepless night in the house. You know, baby is, I think teething or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Is there an online version of the Catechism of Trent? Absolutely. You can easily Google the cat. Just Google Catechism of Trent online and you'll find it. I do recommend getting physical copies of these things for, you know, obvious reasons, right? It's winter well, if let's say, you know, there's a power outage, you'll want, you may want to have a catechism on hand for that. I'm not a big believer in online things in general, uh, resources instead of having physical copies. I'm old fashioned. I like physical media, including, um, physical books, physical catechisms. All right. Uh, Helen O'Connor bought the, bought the council of Trent. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of books too. I don't show them because my bookshelf is, a chaotic mess right now one day i uh, i will never be the guy who like i hope i will never be the person who does youtube videos in front of, with a bookshelf behind me because it's about the stereotypical traditionalist way of doing it And i'm not going to be that guy all right darlene also says it may go missing from the internet i mean websites do go down eventually it does happen and maybe it'll go down because for nefarious reasons um all right folks, if there is nothing else to t- no other questions in the chat, then we will wrap this up because again, <laughs> it's been a long night in our household. Thank you for using your member chat. It is appreciated. Uh prayers and thanks. Remember, general reminder if you are a uh, cha- member, uh, if you have a, you know, paid member of the channel, you do get a well, I think it's a monthly free super chat like he did. It didn't cost Master Switch didn't cost him anything to to have that. So Thank you, folks, very much. Um, Tom, where he says, we've waited for nearly 2,000 years, and now that time is at hand. You can't lose faith. I would caution people into believing that uh, our Lord's coming, second coming is imminent. I would just caution people. But you should, we should always live as if it is. We should also always live as if we are, little, at any moment's notice, we could be standing before our Lord in judgment because that could happen, <laughs> is likely to happen, most more so. Um, but yes. All right, folks, thank you very much for tuning in, and may you all have a blessed day. Here in the United States, it's a federal holiday, so that's why there's a fewer people in the, live ch- in the chat this morning. A lot of people are taking the opportunity to sleep in, and I don't blame them for it. So yeah, make sure to hit the like button. If you haven't already, it is appreciated, and as always, pray for the church. I am Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.